Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, which features the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. The challenge of raising service standards in Singapore is a long-standing one. In 2005, the Singapore government started the Go the Extra Mile for Service, or GEMS, movement to encourage all Singaporeans to play their part and take the initiative to improve service levels and work towards achieving an excellent service culture in Singapore. As part of this national effort, the Institute of Service Excellence was established at SMU in 2007 to champion service excellence and to enhance Singapore's service competitiveness through benchmarking, industry engagement, research and thought leadership. In this podcast, Assistant Professor Marcus Lee, who is the Academic Director of the Institute of Service Excellence, shares what companies and customers can do to improve the quality of service and service experience and how Singapore stands vis-à-vis other countries in Asia in the area of service excellence. Professor, can you share with us what is service excellence? Service excellence is um, often confused with customer service excellence and they're not the same. Customer service excellence is about um, the face-to-face interactions that you have with frontline staff and you can experience good customer service but service excellence is a larger concept than that. You can have excellent service without customer service. Uh, you can have a wonderful experience paying your taxes because it's you know seamless and there is no human interaction. So service excellence is a much, much larger concept. It's a much closer to the idea of business excellence. So doing things in a scalable manner that customers are happy with and your employees are happy with and it's profitable. It is common knowledge that satisfied customers are good for business and a company's bottom line. What kind of mindset should companies adopt in order to further raise the standards of service in Singapore? Customer satisfaction is um, deeply linked to company profitability and companies should always keep that in mind. So the way you think about it is that if your customers are satisfied and if times are bad, they'll stop spending on other aspects of their lives and they will leave you the last. Uh, so up to this point where you know they cannot afford to keep buying from you, then they'll stop buying from you. And when there's a recovery, they will be the first to come back. So they will buy from you again before they buy from other people. Yeah, so that's how high customer satisfaction protects the company you know, from downside risks of you know, these upheavals in market conditions. And a lot of data from the US shows like this extremely strong link between customer satisfaction and company profitability. So and uh, there's no reason why it shouldn't work in Singapore. So, so the more companies in Singapore realise that there is this profit benefit to satisfying customers, you know, the more they should be motivated to want to satisfy customers. So another aspect that we should pay attention to um, is the fact that for companies to be, su- to be successful, they shouldn't try to sell to everyone. They should pick their segment of the market um, and try to tailor their services and products to, to the needs of that market as, as completely as possible. So um, by narrowing down your focus, you can satisfy them more completely and they will be extremely satisfied and they'll always keep coming back. So this mantra that the customer is always right, if you just flip the words around, it's you know, the right customer is always, you know, always there, it always returns. Yeah. What else can a company do to improve the service experience? So one costless thing that the companies can do to improve the service experience is to listen, you know, to enable listening in a structural manner. Uh, and a very easy way to do that is to remove the negative KPI of number of complaints from your frontline staff. So many companies have this negative KPI, you know, how many people complain, you know, and I will mark you down, you know, in your performance. 
So by doing that, you are creating a culture of um, this fear of complaints. So when a frontline staff sees a customer coming angrily, he will do everything in his power to brush away the complaint so that he doesn't have to record it. Otherwise, it will be a black mark against him. And the problem with this is that over time, the company doesn't realise the frustration points that customers have about the product or service and the company hasn't the, doesn't have the opportunity to improve. So you need to structurally enable this upward flow of information and the first thing you do is you remove the number of co complaints as a negative KPI. Instead, you, you use something like uh, complaint handling. How well was a complaint handled? So what that does is it signals to staff that first of all, they have no control over whether or not someone complains, so they shouldn't be marked down as someone complains. But what they have full control over is how well the complaint is handled. So that should be a positive KPI. So And our data shows a very strong link between well-handled complaints and high customer satisfaction. So it really makes so much sense for companies to try to do this. How can consumers be involved in this process of enhancing service quality? In Singapore, there seems to be an almost fatalistic belief that we should all be resigned to the poor customer service we receive you know, at restaurants, in retail stores and stuff. But contrary to this popular belief, customers, we have a lot of uh, control over what the kind of service we receive. And we are definitely, you know, we definitely are responsible because it is a two-way street. And I suggest people do is, um, well, it's the same advice that I give my son, you know, uh, essentially is to be polite, to look people in the eyes when you speak to them and you smile. Yeah, so the more you engage you know, the service worker, the more the service worker feels motivated to want to do his job well enough, you know, that you walk away satisfied. Do you think that tipping will help improve service standards at our restaurants in Singapore? Uh, that's a very good question about tipping. Unfortunately, Singapore is, doesn't have a tipping culture. Yeah? We have run studies in the past to see whether or not Singapore is ready for tipping. We asked the question, could we possibly remove this 10% service charge everywhere and just encourage people to tip? So across the different segments of population, we realised that um, nobody tips. Like, literally nobody tips. The modal tipping approach is, oh, I don't want to carry small change in my pocket, so I'm going to leave the coins there. And there's no way these service workers will be able to survive on just, you know, lose change as their tips. You know? So without there being a strong tipping culture, if we try to remove service charge and encourage people to tip, um, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, and you're going to lose a lot of service staff. How does Singapore fare in the area of service excellence globally? Uh, this is a fun fact about customer satisfaction as measured globally. If you compare all the different countries that measure it globally, you'll realise that Singapore is one of the lowest complaint rates in the world, which is a bit mind-boggling to a Singaporean because, you know, like we, we all complain about everything. You know. So my take on the complaining culture in Singapore is that it's the social glue that binds all of us together. So regardless of the strata of society that you're in, you know, we essentially acknowledge that we all lead less than ideal lives and we all complain about it. So that's what bonds us together as Singaporeans. But when it comes to complaining directly to companies, you find very few people willing to do it. I'll give you an example. If I'm in a restaurant and the food is terrible and a waiter comes over and asks me, how's the food? I'll just smile and say, oh, uh, it's, it's wonderful, you know? And the guy goes away, I'll finish my meal and I'll never come back. So I vote with my feet and I, you know, to me, is if, if I'm not going to come back, there's no reason for me to make a situation uncomfortable because any improvements that, you know, I spark, I will not reap the benefits of because I'm not going to come back. 
So the easier thing for me to do is just walk away. So in this kind of situation, uh, it's very difficult for companies in Singapore to try to improve, even if they wanted to, because customers are unwilling to give honest feedback. It's kind of catch-22. So as customers, we need to want to give constructive feedback when necessary. And companies should then also try to listen better and adapt what they are offering us uh, to better serve our needs. We know that the service standards in Japan and Hong Kong are higher than Singapore's. Do you think it's possible for Singapore to emulate and catch up with them? Um, Very often we hear this opinion, especially from business leaders, that service is an innate quality. You know, it's uh, part of the culture of the, of the people in that country. So that's why you, when you go to Thailand, you see the service levels, wherever you go, they are what is what is wonderful, you know. Uh, or you go to Japan and you see the attention to detail is all part of the upbringing, the culture. And in Singapore, we don't have something similar. So, but the, the thing that we should remember is that when you look at Hong Kong uh, 20 years ago, service was really terrible in Hong Kong. It was really, really terrible. So Hong Kong today has incredibly good service and they essentially changed in one or two years because of the financial crisis. So Hong Kong gives us hope, essentially. You know, we look at Hong Kong and say, if Hong Kong can do it, you know, uh, their people didn't have this innate need to want to please uh, customers and today they, they are essentially doing it. Singapore definitely can do it. Thank you, Professor. Thank you. Thank you.